1 John. Uh, John, not the guy who wrote the book, but John Courant, uh, was here last week uh, kicking the series off. And you may remember that uh, he shared that the book of 1 John is bookend by an introduction and a conclusion. Uh, in the middle of that introduction and conclusion is the body of John's letter. There is two major themes that we read about in the book, uh, and they are light and love, light and love. John wrote to a group of house churches, uh, and he wrote to these house churches because there was teaching that was going around during that day called Gnosticism, uh, and the Gnostics believed that uh, the body uh, was evil, that the soul or the spirit was good, and because they believed the body was evil, uh, they decided that they could just kind of do whatever they wanted, right? Because the body was bad, uh, the spirit was good. They uh, taught or believed that each and every one of us has a divine spark in us that needs to be kind of ignited by, uh, by gnosis, by knowledge. And so this teaching began to spread during the day. And so John writes uh, to that early church and says, whoa, 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 time out. Time out. This is what Scripture says about who Jesus is and, how, uh, and, and what he accomplished on the cross and how we can be uh, rightly related to him. And so this morning we're going to continue our series and I want us to think together about uh, the character of God, a call to authenticity, uh, and, and then an unusual uh, sign of spiritual growth. So the, the character of God, who is God as he reveals himself in his word, a call uh, to live an authentic life, and then an unusual uh, sign of spiritual growth or maturity. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me uh, to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John uh, chapter 1, and we're going to begin uh, in verse 5. We're going to begin in verse 5. If you are reading through the book of 1 John and notice that it's not linear, that it's poetic in nature, that John says something and then comes back to it a short time later, uh, it's because it's a piece of uh, poetry in essence, and so he goes back to something that he just said time and time again. I simply say that uh, to let you know if you hear the same message next week, it's just because that's just what John did. And so uh, you'll notice some of these themes we will uh, repeat. 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse 5. It says, this is a message we have heard from him and proclaim uh, to you that God is light and in him uh, there is no darkness. This is a message that we have heard from him. In other words, this is the message that John says we heard from Jesus. And, and we're going to take these words that Jesus has given to us and we want to pass them along to you. And so this isn't a message that John drummed up. It's not something that he dreamed up. This is something that uh, came from the mouth of Christ, and then he in turn is passing it along to the church. I don't know about you, but that encourages me when I know that a message comes firsthand. Um, there, there's something about the strength or the reliability of that message uh, where, where I go. I can count on that. If my uh, children come to me and ask me a question um, and, I, and I know that they've already talked to their mother and she's given them the answer or, they re, or the response, uh, then I can rely upon her words. I can say, your, your mother said that you can't do that. You can't go there. You can't have that. She said it. She gave it to me and I passed it along to them. Well, John is saying that these words came from Jesus and now I'm passing them along to you. And he says, this is the message that is from him and that we proclaim 
to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness uh, at all. So light is the nature and the character of God. God is light. It's not as if he just has light and passes it on. He is the very definition or the very source of it. When Scripture talks about light, oftentimes it talks about it in a, 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 moral, uh, uh, a moral sense, that, that God is, is good and not evil. He is light and He is not darkness. Scripture talks about early in the pages of Genesis that God created light. He is uh, the source of light. It is part of who He is. It is in His character. Darkness in Scripture is everything that is anti-God or anything that is, is against uh, the light. Darkness in Scripture refers to judgment and death. Uh, but, but here John writes and says that God is light. He is the opposite of a darkness. The New Testament teaches us that God dwells in unapproachable light. Uh, scripture says in James chapter 1, verse 17, that He is the Father of lights. Jesus declared in the Gospels that He is the light of the world. In John chapter 1, verses 1 uh, through 9, it says that Jesus was the incarnate Word. He came into the world to be the light of men, uh, the light which gives light uh, to everyone. So when Scripture talks about the light of God, it, it refers to God in a, in a moral sense, but also in the sense that God is the giver of life. God is light, and in Him there is uh, no darkness. This is significant because uh, we are a mixed bag. We are a mixed bag. The same could not uh, be said of us. Right? There are times in life when it seems like we are shiners of light. Right? We, we exude the light of God. We set an example for those around us. We bring light into dark places. There are times in life when it seems like we are a lights that shine into dark places. Have you ever had an experience before where you look at how you respond or how you talk or how you live and you think to yourself, that is a good thing. Right? That is a God-honoring thing. That is a Christ-exalting thing. I couldn't help but think of that just a couple weeks ago as we watched the video from Honduras on Sunday morning, this little five-minute video where uh, 15 of your friends and family here uh, from Christ Point uh, were, were serving in Honduras. And it was uh, like a highlight reel of us at our best, right? I mean, I, I saw us up on the, the screen uh, serving and uh, carrying buckets of dirt and of stones. I saw us uh, playing with children and throwing them up in the air. Uh, I even saw a few pictures of myself standing in front of people with my arms stretched out like this, preaching. And I just thought, like, that is us at our very best. That is us uh, shining light into dark places. Uh, the thing that I struggle with or that I wrestle with is that for every uh, moment of light uh, that I experience in life, it seems uh, like uh, darkness is right behind me. I think about the times where I experience life where I am seemingly at my best, and yet I am reminded uh, that I can be impatient with my children. Uh, I can be unkind. Uh, I can be selfish in my uh, relationships. And so there's this kind of 
weird sense that us at our best, are, we, are, we are noble and, and we are light uh, givers, and then us at our worst, uh, there is darkness. Uh, but here when John writes to these churches, he says God is not like that. Uh, God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Uh, that, that means that God can be the source of truth. It means he is the source of goodness. It means that uh, we can come to him for a direction and for life over and above what we think or what we feel in the moment. Because God is, uh, is the source of all truth and all goodness and all love and all grace. And so we come to him as the father of light, knowing that there is no uh, darkness in him. Right? So, John writes to these churches and makes a bold claim about the character of God, that God is light and in him there is no darkness. And then uh, we will read there is this call to live an authentic Christian life or to live an authentic life in following uh, after God. Uh, John gives three statements that begin with the words, if we say. Right? And he's going to, to, to write their logical conclusion, the logical conclusion of those statements. He begins in verse 6 and says, If we have fellowship with him while we walk, or if we, have, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us uh, from all sin. The idea of walking with God is this pattern or lifestyle of walking with him. It's the, the norm, and it's not the exception in life. And so John points out how to have an inauthentic life and to how to live an authentic life. Uh, he says, if you want to live an inauthentic life, uh, claim that you have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness. Let your pattern of life be such uh, that you run from God even though you claim to know God and walk with God. And John doesn't mince words when he uh, writes to the church. He says, when we do this, when we claim to have fellowship with him or when someone claims to have fellowship with him, Yet, while they walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. And I don't know about you, but there are times when I read the Word of God and it seems like Scripture confronts my own heart. It feels like there are times when Scripture is like a prized fighter uh, that throws a jab. Right? John is saying, if you live this way, if you claim to have this relationship and yet you walk in darkness, what does he say? He says that we lie. He says, we, we function like, like liars. And I hear that, and I think, I, I kind of want to soften that. I'm a harmonizer by nature. <laughs> I feel like there's another way that maybe we could say that that doesn't come across so harsh. And yet John says, no, no, if we claim to be uh, one thing, but we act or we uh, respond uh, differently, uh, then we are liars. We live inauthentic lives. A number of months ago, in March of this year, there was uh, a woman who has quite a following on Instagram. She is a vegan and oftentimes will post pictures on Instagram to encourage her followers. She has over a million followers, and people uh, love the pictures that she posts, and they're encouraged by uh, her life, and she's a vegan. So she has uh, said to uh, the world, uh, I'm not going to eat Nemo, and uh, no, uh, no good steaks. 
uh, when I go out on a date with those that I love, and, uh, which, which is cool, uh, except for the fact that she went out uh, for dinner with friends, and one of her friends took a picture or a short video of her eating at dinner, and she had, and are you ready for this? She had fish. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. She ate fish. I look at that and I think, well, I don't like fish, but if you want to have fish, that's cool. But, but people who followed her, the 100 plus million followers, um, just ridiculed her uh, b- because uh, she had communicated one picture or image of herself to uh, the watching world and there was uh, inconsistency in her life. They said, wait a second, you, you are claiming this, but you are living uh, this. Perhaps you've had that experience before where there's someone that you know or love or trusted and they claim to be one thing and you found out they were another. Maybe it was a a mom or a dad. Maybe it was a a brother or a sister. Maybe it was a, a pastor or a ministry leader. But they went out of their way to to paint a picture of who they were to uh, the watching world, and yet you noticed that their their life, how they lived, was inconsistent. John writes to these group of churches and says, if you claim uh, to to know God, and yet you walk in darkness, uh, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. But uh, John doesn't stop there. This is not a a drop-the-mic moment where he says it and then period and just leaves. Instead, he says, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But, he says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so he says there's two outworkings of walking in the light. The first is that we have fellowship with one another. Fellowship means a partnership. It comes from a, a Greek word, koinonia. It means that we share something in common that is bigger uh, than, than just our likes or our dislikes, uh, what we like to do in our free time or our spare time. Uh, fellowship in uh, the Bible talks about the sense that there is something that we share in common as the people of God that is unique. Right? And the thing that we share in common as the people of God is ultimately Christ. Right? It's not just the, the same sports teams or that we like to shop at the same places. Uh, it is that we share Jesus in common. I love what uh, Billy has talked about. Billy Gwaltney, when he has an opportunity to travel to places like Jordan or Honduras, so oftentimes uh, say that when he meets someone that he doesn't know, he just met them and finds out that they are a believer, that they are a brother or a sister in the Lord, he says, I have more in common with that person uh, the moment that I meet them that I do with an uncle or an aunt or a family member who I know but doesn't know the Lord. Because there's something that we share in common. If you look around this morning, the people sitting to your left and sitting to uh, your right, they are your brothers and your sisters. Right? We, we are a part of a faith family. If we walk uh, in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And John says not only do we have fellowship with one another, but he says the blood of Jesus... Uh, His son cleanses us from all sin. Now, if you're new to the church or you didn't grow up in the church, admittedly, when you read something like that, that the blood of Jesus uh, cleanses us from all sin, that might strike you as a bit unique or awkward or even odd. 
because we don't talk like that. We don't operate uh, this way. And yet, Scripture for uh, the Old Testament saint, uh, for, for people who related to God, oftentimes they would give animal sacrifices. They would uh, shed blood uh, because their sin was so significant and so, so severe before a holy God that that was how they uh, restored their relationship with God. And so John is saying to the church, if you walk in the light, the blood of Jesus uh, cleanses us from all sin. Right? You, you, you stand as a son or a daughter who has been forgiven by God because the blood of Jesus has covered and wiped away uh, your sins. Right? So John paints this beautiful picture to the church, and he says that uh, if you claim to know God and yet walk in darkness, then uh, you, you lie. There's an inconsistency. There's an inauthentic life that you are living. But uh, if you walk in the light... Uh, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us uh, from all of our sins. So I don't know about you, but I read something like this, and I think to myself, uh, I don't want to be in that first category. Uh, I want to be in that second category, right? I don't want to be uh, the one who claims uh, one thing and lives another. Instead, I want to be uh, the, the kind of person who walks in the light and who has a fellowship with you and with God and who's, uh, who enjoys the forgiveness that God has extended to us. But one of the dangerous things that can happen uh, to us as followers of Jesus is we can think to ourselves, um, that first category is not for me. Uh, I am the, in the second category. And because I am in the second category, then I don't struggle with or wrestle with a sin any longer. Right? Those are for those inconsistent people uh, who walk in the darkness. I walk in uh, the light, and so I don't struggle or wrestle uh, with sin. One of the things that I love about Scripture uh, is Scripture speaks to us uh, where we find ourselves. It speaks truth into our hearts and into our lives. I feel like John knows that. And so he says in verse 8, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if we look at those categories and we think, I'm not in category one, I'm in category two. I'm uh, one who walks in the light. I experience fellowship with the body. I experience forgiveness uh, from God and I no longer uh, wrestle with sin. Right? John says, no. No, if we say we have no sin, uh, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Right, but John very beautifully uh, reminds the church, and he reminds uh, you and me of this uh, great promise. You see, there is hope. Even in our brokenness, even in our sin, uh, there is massive hope uh, for God's kids. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us uh, from all unrighteousness. Right, so if the Spirit of the living God convicts us of our sins and we bring them uh, before the Lord, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Can I ask you a question this morning? Um, how is your confessional life? How is your confessional life? When I, when I say that, I don't mean simply what do you believe, like a confession of faith. I mean your confessional life. Like, do you, do you spend time uh, broken before the Lord? Is, is the Spirit of the living God uh, opens up 
your heart, exposes uh, your heart, uh, how do you uh, respond to him? Um, Do you confess uh, your sins to God? Do you confess your sins uh, to others, to those in the body of Christ? Not, Not people that you don't know or never met, not strangers. I mean, people that you're close with, people that you're connected with, brothers and sisters, people that you have relationships with? Do you have the kind of relationship where you can uh, bring before them uh, the things that you are wrestling through or wrestling with? Like, do you have people in your life that you can call up and say, "Uh, can you you pray for me? I've been uh, fighting and wrestling with my thought life. Can, Can you pray for me? God has revealed pride in my heart. Can you pray for me? I've, I've noticed that I am an envious uh, person and I hate it. Can, can you pray for me? I notice that I'm the, the kind of person who says too much when I should say very little. Would, would you pray for me? It seems like my heart is so fickle. My faith seems to fluctuate, to come and go. I mean, do you have people uh, in your life that you can say that to? The reason that I ask that is because admittedly, even uh, for me in in my life, as I've thought about this over the course of the last few weeks, I think about how easy it can be for me to kind of soften the blow of my words and my thoughts and my deeds. Even the way that I couch them or frame them, we can talk about and I can talk about something that I struggle with or something that I wrestle with. But, but I started thinking about how many times in life do I come before uh, the Lord and cry out and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. How is your uh, confessional life? I think one of the unusual signs of uh, spiritual growth and spiritual maturity in a place is, is not only uh, the avoidance of sin or a move toward holiness and wise decisions. That certainly is a good thing. But I think a sign of, of spiritual maturity and spiritual growth is when we uh, become a people uh, who are quick to confess our sins uh, to the Lord and to one another. When we, we drop down the, the mask that we put on or that we stop hiding and, and we bring the darkness uh, to light. And so how is your uh, confessional life? The, the beauty of this, the beauty of this is that John says when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is not one thing we can bring before the Lord where God says, I'm sorry, you're on your own. There is not one thing that we could ever say or ever do or ever think where God's grace does not extend uh, to meet us in that moment. Not a thing. Your, Your very worst has been paid for. Your very worst So we can go before the Lord, we can confess our sins before Him, and we can experience uh, the forgiveness that He has offered to us uh, through Christ. God forgives us of our sins and cleanses us uh, from all unrighteousness. 
Author Ian Morgan Crone tells a story about an event that took place when he was uh, 15 years old. He prefaces this story by telling his readers that when you are 15 years old, there is a portion of your brain uh, that is underdeveloped or in many cases is not developed at all. And uh, he was sitting around with a group of his buddies one night. He grew up in a small town in Connecticut, and it was a Friday night, and they didn't have a lot to do, and so they came up with this great idea um, that they were going to go streaking at the local country club. Uh, They had heard that there was a dinner there, there was this nice meal there for people in the community, and they're 15 years old. And when you're 15 years old, there's this portion of your brain that is not fully developed. And so when you say stuff like that out loud with your buddies, you think to yourself, that's kind of a good idea. I think we should do it. And the more they talked about it, the more they realized, hey, kind of small town, um, there's, a, there's a high probability, or at least a probability that if six of us go to the country club and go streaking, that someone might notice us, right? Small town, if you're from a small town, you know this happens. And so they came up with a bright idea of getting ski masks. And so one of his buddies went to get ski masks for all of his friends, and I, apparently he had five or six ski masks laying around which is another story, Uh, but he brought them to his buddies and they're like, all right, it's on. And so they go to this country club and uh, they, they do the deed. Right? They go streaking at this country club, and all these people who have gathered for this very fancy uh, dinner look out, and as the boys are running, they look up and they see all the men are cheering, like wildly. Like they are like, they're applauding, they're like, yeah. And all of the women are horrified horrified. And he mentioned that as a 15-year-old, he was kind of hoping that it would be reversed. But it wasn't. He goes home, he goes to bed, he wakes up the next morning, and his mom is in the kitchen. And his mom says to him, like any wonderful mother would, hey, what did you do last night? And uh, he said, I went over to my buddy Mike's house. He's like, we hung out, we had dinner, we played some games, and I came home. And in hopes of changing the subject and uh, being polite, he says to his mother, and what did you do last night? And she said, we went to this nice meal at the country club. He said that he didn't realize that the color of your face could change so quickly, but for him it did in that moment. And there was silence in the kitchen. And she said to him, Ian, I could recognize your scrawny little butt anywhere. (laughs) Anywhere. She said, a ski mask? Really? says, thankfully, his dad thought it was more humorous than uh, his mother did. But I started thinking about that story, and I thought, you know what? Um, I think a lot of times, uh, in a spiritual sense, uh, we kind of live that way before God. Like, we are laid bare before the God of the universe. And we go out of our way to try to put on a mask to cover up. Uh, But the thing is, is the God that knows us and made us and loves us, uh, he would recognize our scrawny little butts anywhere. And so I thought to myself, um, there is beauty in coming clean. There's beauty in taking off Uh, the mask. Uh, There's beauty in coming before the Lord uh, who already knows and confessing and experiencing uh, the grace and the forgiveness that he offers. 
And so I want to encourage you to do that this morning. I want to encourage you to have just some time with the Lord this morning. And I, don't, I don't know if the uh, Spirit's been working on your heart. I don't know if there's something in your life that you know, you've been fighting or that you've been wrestling with. I don't know if there's a sin that, that rears its ugly head that you can't seem uh, to kick. Uh, but I, I just wonder if you would take the next uh, few minutes and just bring it before the Lord. Just tell him, God, you, you know me. Like, you know my prideful heart. Like, you know my thirst for success. You know my, my lust and my envy. You know my, my moments of comparison. You know everything about me. I wonder this morning if you just wouldn't bow your head and, and give it to God. There's good news. Uh, when we do that, uh, he is faithful and just uh, to forgive us of our sins.